Welcome back to the Cold Seat Podcast, where the seats are cold and the takes are hot. A Monday episode, a little late tonight coming at y'all, but we're excited to get this out. Uh, the first ever edition on the Cold Seat Podcast of the NBA Mock Draft. So Mock Draft Monday here, but a new version of it uh, as we kind of shift away from the NFL landscape of the draft. And with the NBA draft coming up here in about 10 days, we want to get y'all as much information as we can about who we think is taking who. Uh, and where the best fits we see are. So we are going to do a one-round no-trades NBA mock draft today for y'all, and we're going to do a second edition one-round no-trades next Monday as well. The draft will be next Thursday, June 23rd, but it's pretty much it for the intro. Uh, we're going to get right into it here. The NBA draft lottery was about a month ago, so all the picks are finalized. First overall pick, the Orlando Magic are on the clock, and – while the consensus top three guys are Jabari Smith, Paulo Bancaro, and Chet Holmgren, I'm going to go with Jabari Smith, the power forward out of Auburn, a guy that's a sniper, has shot about 40% from the outside and had a lot of defensive versatility with that big wingspan of his. So I think, you know, he will bring the most versatility to that defense that needs help so bad. Um, you know, picking number one overall, you got a lot of issues on your team. And I think Jabari Smith will help fix most the most problems out of anyone in this class so I know I've seen him links to him a few times as well but I'm going with Jabari to start off the draft yeah that sounds like he's gonna be the first overall pick um we're kind of some uncertainty around kind of around who who would be first um kind of a few weeks ago but it seems like it's gonna be Jabari uh, makes a lot of sense like you said so Oklahoma City Thunder on the board here at two and I got the I got the uh, the evens uh, this week I'm gonna go with Paolo Bancaro the power forward out of Duke um Picked him over Chet Holmgren just because I think he's a safer player. I think Oklahoma City is in a place to take guys who they know are going to be a little more sure things. Um, I personally think Bancaro is better than Holmgren. Um, I think he's just a more complete offensive player. I think his game translates a lot better than Bancaro or than um, Holmgren's does. So yeah. um, there's some questions with Holmgren's, um, you know, frame kind of the next level, maybe playing inside. So. And then I also think Bancaro does a little bit more for you. Um, the versatility was in the offensive end. So I think he fits really nicely with uh, Shy Gil, just Alexander out there in Oklahoma City. Yeah, I like that pick a lot. You know, OKC is a team that's trading a lot of way to get a lot of future picks. And I think having Bancaro is one of those future guys that you put a lot of assets in, I think is a really good pick for them. Uh, number three overall here, the Houston Rockets are on the board after a pretty um, sad season from them. And I'm going to stick, you know, with a power forward here in Chet Holmgren out of Gonzaga, you know, a little bit of a question mark at the next level, kind of what his maybe role would be. I mean, a lot of people see him in that kind of Kevin Durant role in terms of his body type and his strengths and weaknesses. Um, but I, I honestly think it's a good pick for the Rockets. I mean, they could go Ivy, but I don't know if they do. They put two top five picks back to back years into the backcourt. They got John Wall's massive contract this year. Eric Gordon's under contract for two more years. Uh, Jalen Green obviously is still has a few years on his deal, being a rookie last year. And they got Stengen, that or that rookie last year. Um, he was from uh, one of the European countries. I can't remember which one, but he actually played pretty well last year. Um, but I'm going to give him Chet to put next to him, and I think they'll be able to kind of develop together uh, in the league and on that team. I think it's a good spot for young guys to go. Yeah, for sure, and I think um, I think I think the Holmgren comp that I like is kind of a a longer and leaner 
Kevin Love, um, just the way he kind of plays his game, seeing that he's definitely kind of a stretch big. But, well, I think it's a good fit for him in there in Houston. Uh, you mentioned a guy who could go at three to the to the Rockets being in Jaden Knight. I'm going to take him here at four for the Sacramento Kings. Uh, pair him with De'Aaron Fox. So make a great backcourt duo. And then you throw uh, Davion Mitchell in there as well. Even Justin Holiday, a guy who's played some good basketball in the past. Um, but, I mean, you get the young core of, of Mitchell – Fox and Ivy in the backcourt that is really solid for the years to come. They got they got Sabonis, they got Harrison Barnes that they like there at the, the three and four. Um, versatile guys there. So I think that, you know, there really wasn't a center to take here. There wasn't another big guy, a true center here for them to take. So, um, you know, could have taken Keegan Murray to play. So I just don't think he's a center at the next level. I think he's a three, four wing player. So um, gonna I ended up going, seeing that, you know, Harrison Barnes and Sabonis are two guys that um, kind of already established themselves at those wing spots. So you get yourself another explosive guard and have maybe the most explosive backcourt duo in the league with Fox and Ivy. Yeah, I like that a lot. Uh, I've been saying Jaden Ivy, I think, is John Morant 2.0. Very similar athletes, similar strengths. And I think that fit in Sacramento would be great for Ivy, um, especially with kind of their young roster that they're building up. The fifth overall here, we got the Pistons on the board. And I'm going to head back to the front court and I'm going to go with Keegan Murray the power forward out of Iowa, a guy that can really play either forward spot, 20 years old, still has a lot of time to learn, but did develop well in his couple of years at Iowa. Um, I was impressed with his jump from freshman to sophomore year. I think he produced really well when it mattered most. It helped him in the tourney. Obviously, they were early exit, but in the game that they lost, he played really well. Um, it wasn't on him. And, you know, their three and four spots are looking kind of lean right now. They have Jeremy Grant, I think, is their starting four, and then Sadiq Bey is kind of – competing for that three spot. So Keegan should be able to step right in and start, honestly, uh, in that four, either forward role there in Detroit. Yeah, uh, for sure. I get it. Keegan Murray's again, a guy I like a lot. Uh, it seems like a safer pick, uh, maybe not the ceiling that some of these other guys have, but a guy who should come in and be just a solid contributor for a long time. Um, got the the Pacers at six here. I'm going to go with Jalen Duran, uh, power forward slash center out of Memphis. Really highly rated recruit. Um, probably had one of the best games I've seen defensively against Palo Bencaro in their tournament game against Duke in the round of 32. Um, just in terms of Indiana, I know they have Miles Turner, but he's only got on, on contract for another year. Um, I just don't know if he is there after this next season. So um, in the meantime, he can play both on the floor at the same time. I think Duran is athletic enough to play at the four at the next level. Um, not to mention Miles Turner could also move to the kind of switch with the four. Um, and it kind of – in a defensive matchup per se. Um, so I, I don't think that's, you know, stacking yourself too much at, at that position. I also don't think that I just didn't see a guard that I really thought was worth taking for them here in terms of long-term um, kind of taking a shot on a guy. So I just like, I like Duran better than the guys that were left. So I'm with him at six. Yeah, I like that a lot. Um, but going to pick seven here, got the Portland Trailblazers on the board, a team that kind of lost out. Um, it was pretty likely that they were going to have a top four pick and Sacramento took it from them. So they ended up with the seventh pick. Kind of unfortunate with how they played this past year. You thought they'd have a little bit better pick, but that's how the lottery goes. Um, kind of weird position here board wise for the Blazers, um, just comparing the board to their fits. And obviously you have Dame and Bledsoe there at point guard. Anthony Simons, one of the best athletes in the league, wins the dunk contest most years, it seems. And then they drafted a uh, rookie last year, Keon Johnson, out of Tennessee. So they got some young guards, but I'm going to give him another one here in Shaden Sharp uh, out of Kentucky. He was a freshman this past year, only 19 years old, but I think he'll fit in well with that roster. And they have a little bit older of a front court. 
than a backcourt if you take Dame away. So I think regardless of what happens with Dame, you're giving yourself more insurance to be able to adjust quickly. Yeah. I can like that fit a lot there. I think point guard maybe point guard shooting or maybe a, a spot that you wouldn't necessarily think with the with the Blazers, but um certainly a spot they could use more of and certainly once if, if Dame is to leave via a trade would be a, a glaring need there at a scoring guard. So Good get with Sharp there, a young guy with a lot of ceiling. Um, at eight here, I'm going to go with another guard, um, a guy with another big jump from year one to year two in college. Um, kind of a theme that we've seen here early in this draft with Keegan Murray, guys like that with just big jumps from year one to year two. I'm going to go with Johnny Davis out of Wisconsin, uh, one of my favorite players in this draft with the Pelicans at eight via my Los Angeles Lakers. Would love if this guy was a Laker, but unfortunately this is a pick in the Anthony Davis trade. Uh headed to New Orleans. So they take Johnny Davis here. One of my, like I said, one of my favorite players in the draft. One of my favorite players to watch us here in college basketball. Um, you know, they've got CJ McCollum on the roster, but that's, it feels like that's, there's a lot of uncertainty there and he probably won't be there long-term. They've got Devontae Graham at the point. I really think that, it, you know, at least in the short term, maybe the first, you know, couple months of the season, Johnny Davis comes off the bench as kind of a six man guard. Um, and then he kind of fills in for CJ. Whenever CJ gets traded, I, I assume he gets traded at the deadline. Um, he, it sounded like he may have gotten, may gotten traded at the deadline this year. didn't happen. So uh, Johnny Davis does a lot on the floor. It was a huge piece for Wisconsin this year as a player of the year candidate. So when he was on the floor, it was night and day different for them. So just a really valuable player at the guard spot. Yeah, I like it a lot. Um, the ninth overall pick here are the first of three first-round picks for my Spurs. Um, excited about this upcoming year, I think. It could be, you know, getting back to where we were these past 20 years or so before these past, you know, two or three down seasons. Um, but I'm going to go with a guy that maybe I wouldn't have taken had another guy been here. But I'm going to go with Mark Williams, the center out of Duke. Um, elite shot blocker is kind of his main thing. And, you know, DeJounte Murray is running the point. We got Kelvin Johnson, who kind of had to play the four last year more than most Spurs fans would have wanted him to. And I think with him having more of a three and D role, um, strictly as the three this year will be much more beneficial. And even playing the four last year, he still averaged 17 a game. So I think getting Mark Williams will allow Pirtle uh, to be a little more, allow the Spurs as a whole be a little more versatile in that front court and allow Pirtle to kind of shift around and not just have to anchor down the middle. I think Mark will do that job better than he will. Yeah, Mark Williams, really, really solid defender. Just a really solid player overall. He's not going to give you 20 a game. He's not going to give you 12 boards a game per se in the NBA, but he's going to give you, you know, maybe he gives you 11 and 9 or 11 and 7. That's 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 just what you need, um, especially going to have a high defensive impact there for Spurs, which they've been needed a center for a long time. And um, kind of getting to the 10 spot here with the Wizards, running out this first top 10, uh, third of the way through this first-round mock. Um, going to go with Dyson Daniels out of the G League Ignite, going to the Wizards here, point guard, shooting guard. Um, big guard, he's six, 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 seven. Um, really kind of physical, dominating presence at the guard spot, covering point guards. The, the, you know, the Wizards don't really have a point guard. They've, I mean, they've got, um, you know, they've got Bradley Beal again. That seems like he's not going to be on the roster much longer. Cassius Winston's their starting point guard. Looks to be next year. You know, solid, solid year last year for what you expected from him. But again, I don't know if he's a long-term answer there for them. So, Dyson Daniels, a guy who's going to come in be an immediate immediate impact on the defensive effort then maybe not put in 16 points a game, but can he give you great defensive effort every night? Yeah, I think that's the right spot for him there. You know, taking the non-college route, you never really know where these guys are going to end up going. Uh, it's similar to, you know, all the foreign guys 
unless you're like a proven college player, there's no real consensus on where they think he'll go. But I think him going around 10 will probably be pretty accurate. Um, I could see him doing really well. First couple years, one of the guys that jumps out to a hot career um, off the bat. But I don't know if he, he stays consistent in that regard. Um, but I guess we'll see as time passes. But the 11th overall pick here, the New York Knicks are on the clock. And I'm going to give him Benedict Matherin, the small forward out of Arizona. He was a sophomore this year. He played really, really well. I think he averaged about 22 points a game uh, for them in conference play. If it's a need to, I mean, they have Cam Reddish at the three, who they traded for from the Hawks. But, I mean, he could play the two, the three, kind of whatever you need from him. They have R.J. Barrett and Kemba Walker, who will kind of be there in that front backcourt as well. Um, and then they got Obi Toppin, who had a pretty solid year. So, Things are looking up for the Knicks. I think Matherin will bring that versatility and that depth that they need in that backcourt. Yeah, for sure. Could definitely offer kind of a scoring lift off the bench for a Knicks team that could certainly use some scoring depth at the guard spot. Uh, kind of getting into number 12 here. Another pick for the Oklahoma City Thunder pick, Paolo Bancaro, with the second overall pick. And I'm going to go a different route here in terms of position. Uh, Bancaro is kind of a front court guy. I'm going to go with A.J. Griffin. A guy, a shooting guard, small forward, uh, listed as a small forward at Duke, probably more of a shooting guard potentially at the next level, um, depending on where they want to play him with jaw on the floor. But uh, a guy who's 6'6", six, six, maybe 6'7", six, um, you know, didn't do a ton scoring-wise at Duke his freshman year, but, uh, you know, a lot of athletic talent, um, a lot of upside here. So, you know, a guy just, again, um, going to be a wing player. Again, maybe he's a shooting guard, maybe he's a, a small forward, but just a guy who's going to give you good minutes on the wing, going to play pretty solid defense, uh, 6'6", 222. is a bigger frame, bigger body, definitely something they can grow into. So, um, you know, definitely put on some some muscle for him. For sure, just being a young guy at 19, but a lot of upside there for him. Yeah, I think that'll work out well for him. Um, like you said, being one of those younger guys, fitting in there with a pretty good backcourt and a team that has a lot to look forward to in the future years. Uh, but 13 here, got the Charlotte Hornets on the board. And I'm going to go with small forward Tari Eason out of LSU. Uh, he, could, he could play the four as well. I think he projects better as the three. Incredible defender. Uh, I think he was a Naismith finalist. Um, really flew under the radar for most of the season until they got hot towards that end of the season when they went on that run, became ranked. And then when they got cold again, he obviously didn't get as much attention. Uh, but, you know, he's a good guy that can come in and, like I said, play either forward spot. I mean, 6'8", 220 is pretty good size for a three. And, I mean, the Hornets have Oubre and Gordon Hayward, which a lot of money into those two guys. But I think him coming in will just provide more depth, more versatility in that forward room. Uh, Miles Bridges is going to lock down that four spot. A uh, really good year this past year. But, you know, really the two and, th two and three spots are up for grabs, and I think. Drafting Easton here will help them kind of solidify those roles. Yeah, I think something that flew under the radar with him in general. I mean, he averaged almost 17 a game. He's, he's pouring it in from the from the field. So um, definitely a scoring boost off the bench as well if they kind of want to start him there off the bench in the kind of that backup 2-3 spot. But uh, maybe in a four, like you said, offering two through four versatility there. Uh, going with the Cleveland Cavaliers here at 14. Um, young roster, again, Jared Allen, Colin, Colin Sexton, kind of making up that that young core. Um, Lawyer Markkinen. Evan Mobley, guys like that, uh, Darius Garland. I'm going to go with another, you know, they've got a shooting guard, a point guard in Garland and Sex. I'm going to go with a three here, maybe a long-term answer there for them, but the three, and Ochai Abaji out of Kansas, um, guy who terrorized Texas Tech this year. 
just a really good score. Another guy who took a huge leap, uh, you know, from from past season to this to this latest season. Um, player of the year candidate. Just a really clutch bucket getter. Um, a guy who just got that knack for scoring in the, in the clutch moments. And I don't know if that's something that you know Cleveland has. I know Colin Sexton had a couple game winners, but um, you know maybe looking for another guy to score late in the game. Uh, can, you can never have too many clutch shooters on a team. So Chai Abaja and, and, and a plus defender as well, a guy who plays really good defense. So coming from a great system with Bill Self, I think Chai Abaja is a great, a good value spot here at fourth. I think he is a guy who could go earlier, but probably doesn't just because his size is a little small for a three at six six. So um, a little smaller frame, but definitely a steal here at fourteen. I think. Yeah, I think you're gonna go to a number of different spots and play really well. Kind of a guy that you can see just translating really well in the pros. As we get to the halfway point here of the first ever NBA mock draft, Charlotte Hornets are back on the clock. Pick they got from the New Orleans Pelicans. I'm going to go a little bit of a different route here. I'm going to go Ohio State's Malachi Branham. Uh, he's a 6'5 shooting guard. Um, played pretty well this past season. You know, playing with EJ Liddell, you're not going to get a ton of offensive uh, shots off, but you're going to get, you know, if EJ's balling out, then you might get some open looks and he had almost 14 a game for him. So definitely really productive on that end. His defense will probably improve at the next level. Um, just a real dedicated guy. Um, I heard he was really, really good in terms of taking the load off EJ when it was needed. And that kind of helps them win more games. Maybe they should have. Um, but I think him going to Charlotte will help that team even more. Like we said, just a few minutes ago. Um, I mean, they have Mello and Terry Rozier. That's kind of their only real guards that are locks to make the roster. So it can be really interesting if you give them a few young guards as well. Yeah, no doubt. Again, just guard depth is huge in the NBA. So especially for Charlotte with Mello having a couple injuries early in his career, always good to have some guard depth there. At 16, I got the Atlanta Hawks kind of starting the second half of this first round here. I'm going to go with Usman Jang out of France. Uh, you know, you mentioned earlier kind of these these guys that come up from overseas. There's really con no consensus on where they're going to go. Um, some outlets have him ranked. As a top five player, some outlets have him ranked as as low as twenty five. So it's just hard to get a, a pulse for, um, even it's hard to get a pulse for what the NBA feels about him. I and mean, the NBA never really know. We never really know until it actually happens. Um, you know, we said about with the NFL draft. There's some guys that you just don't really know how how teams feel about him. And I think this is how it's going to be with with Jang here. But um, out of France, really long uh, uh, three at, at six ten, uh, pretty slim. But he's really long. Like I said, uh, really long wingspan. Um, going to offer a lot of versatility, could maybe even slide to the two in a, in a kind of a tall lineup. If you want to get some defensive pressure on the guards, um, can even slide to the four in, in a kind of a small lineup if you wanted to stretch the floor a little bit. So, guys, going to offer you a lot of defensively and, and athletically a really high upside. So, again, you know, it, some, sometimes guys overseas totally flop or sometimes they hit. So, um, yeah, I think you take the shot here if you're Atlanta. Yeah, I like it for them. Um, a team that never really, I mean, other than that Trey Young, Luka Doncic trade on draft night. The team that hasn't really had much success drafting, so I think taking a chance on the foreign guy will helpful, be helpful for them, and maybe it'll pay off because um, it seems like they're due for a good draft pick of their own. 17 here, Houston Rockets are on the board, got the pick from the Nets. I mean, we talked about a few minutes ago when the Rockets were picking at three. Uh, they had them taking Chet. Uh, I'm going to have him taking a guard here. I was debating whether I want him to take like Ivy at three and Walker Kessler here, but I thought taking Chet at three and Kennedy Chandler, the point guard out of Tennessee here, was better for the roster. Just the way their cap is allocated right now, I think if you have a higher value three, four, 
in terms of a higher value one, two, I think it'll pay more dividends down the stretch when they have to pay guys. So I went with Chandler here to Houston. I think, you know, like I said, not maybe not wanting to put a guard with um, Jalen Green. I think Chandler is that true point guard that you're looking for to kind of develop and maybe not play much year one. Yeah, for sure. I'm surprised you went with him over Ty Ty Washington again. I think a, a really good debate here at 17 for the Rockets would be Washington versus Chandler. And I think um, maybe a little bit more from Chandler in terms of um, maybe just per readiness. Uh, maybe a true point guard is maybe a little bit more what, what Chandler brings to the table. But I'm going to go with Washington here at 18 to the Ty Ty Washington out of Kentucky at 18 here to the Chicago Bulls. Um, just don't really know what the future holds for their backcourt. I know they got Lonzo under contract for three years and. Yeah, they got Caruso on the team for three more years as well. But um, in terms of a, of a scoring aspect, I mean, Zach Levine's a free agent. Um, I don't expect him to be back in Chicago. I expect him to be potentially a Spur, you know, potentially a, a Nick, potentially a Laker. Um, they're just, I think, a big market team could go get him or even just a sorted franchise like the Clip or like the, um, like the Spurs could go get him. So, um, you know, I never really know. I think he's not going to be a bull, though. So I think – Getting a scoring guard in there like Ty Ty Washington. Again, true freshman last year, Kentucky had a really good year. A lot of upside there. So I think you take the chance on the upside guard if you're Chicago here. Yeah, I don't mind it there for Chicago. Like you said, uh, the roster's kind of up in the air right now. A lot of old guys on that team. Um, uncertainty with Levine, like you said. So I think the fit's well. Fit is good there in Chicago. 19 here, Minnesota Timberwolves. Going to take the first Baylor Bear off the board, Jeremy Sohan. Um, He's a power four. He's, he's about 6'10", but he offered a lot of versatility for them this past season. Um, was pretty consistent, one of their more consistent players throughout the year. They had a lot of guys go on runs where they were hot and cold. Um, for instance, another first-round pick we have, Kendall Brown, was a guy that, you know, could be a lottery pick still, but he kind of underperformed in comparison to what people thought he would be this year for the Bears. I think Sohan is the right fit here for the Timberwolves. You know, kind of a team that is not maybe – as ready to compete as people thought they would be at this point in time. But I mean, you have Carl Anthony Towns, but other than that, you don't really have anyone in your front court. Uh, I mean, you have Anthony Edwards, Patrick Beverly, D'Angelo Russell, Willie Beasley, you're only your notable named guys. So a team that's still rebuilding. And I think giving him so in gives them time to figure out his best role and how he will fit best on that team. Yeah, for sure. And as I can't get to pick 20 here, I'm picking for your Spurs. Um, as we get kind of two-thirds way through this first round, picked Mark Williams, the big man, center out of Duke at number nine. And I'm going to go back to the well here with a maybe a front court body, a guy who can maybe play on the wing as well. Uh, wing player, stretch fork, he can, like I said, even play down low if you need to at 6'7", 240. I'm going to go with EJ Liddell out of Ohio State. Certainly kind of at the beginning of the draft season, maybe thought he'd be the first Ohio State Buckeye taken. But – uh, not to be in this mock here, but I think EJ Liddell is really good value here for the Spurs in terms of a scoring guy, average 19 a game at Ohio State this past season, really good year before that as well. Um, just scoring value at, at, at the, um, you know, at, at the front court spot. I don't think Mark Williams is a guy, like I said, is going to give you more than, you know, 12 a night, but you think you get that with EJ Liddell, you get scoring with EJ Liddell. And I think that's a great back or front court pairing rather um, for the future of Liddell and, and Williams here for the Spurs. I don't mind it with the way the board is. I'm not sure what direction the Spurs would go, um, but I know they're looking to build that front court and with their first two picks kind of being allocated toward the three through five role, I think it'll be helpful for competition. Um, 
the 21st pick here, Denver Nuggets on the board. I want to go with the G League Unite, uh, Ignite, excuse me, Jaden Hardy, a guy that was really, really highly touted coming into this year. Uh, I know he had a strong year in that league. Don't follow it too much. Uh, but about 6'4", 190, uh, his game probably translates really well at the, sec- at the next level as the two. Uh, the, the way the Nuggets shooting guard room is right now, I mean, Austin Rivers and Bryn Forbes are really their most notable guys. I mean, they have Marcus Howard, but he hasn't done much for him. And they just need health in that in that backcourt. And I think just adding another guy will help with that. Yeah, for sure. Again, it just health's been such a problem for that backcourt and getting guarded up there is big for them, especially with a guy with upside like Hardy. At 22 here for the Memphis Grizzlies, look at the roster. You're not looking like, oh, man, they got these massive holes, but they've got a couple of places they need to get some more depth at. And I think that the 3-4 or, sorry, the 2-3 spot, uh, pardon me, is, is a spot they can get a little more depth at. Um, you know, Dylan Brooks has been solid. Don't know if he's going to be back. I think he believe he's a free agent this year. Um yeah, Tyus Jones, again, free agent. Don't know if he's back. So I'm going to go with uh, with Marjan Beecham out of the G League Ignite teammate of pick before Jalen Hardy. I just, again, guys from the G League, you never really know, but uh, Beecham brings tons of athleticism to the table. He's got a ridiculous wingspan at 6'7", 185. Could even run, cover the stretch four if you need him to against, if you want to play a team and get, play some small ball. Um you really unique wingspan for being six seven. You got super long arms. Uh, Going to probably be a great defensive player. Really good in the passing lane. So again, two through four versatility potentially there for him. Get some depth at the at the that that backcourt spot of the of the two three. Probably going to slot in as a true three for them, but could play the two as well. Yeah, I don't mind that pick there for him. Uh, just another versatile guy that could fit in that team that's played really well this year. Just got to stay healthy down the stretch. Twenty three here. Out of the Sixers on the board, their first pick of the draft, it's their own. I'm going to go with Nikola Hovic, not Nikola Jokic, uh, out of Serbia. He played for the Mega Mozart team. I guess that was the name in Europe. Interesting name there. He's ranked the 24th overall player by ESPN. Six foot ten, versatile guy. Has good handles and a good shot, and I think that'll pay dividends there for the Sixers, who Really struggled outside of Embiid this past year. Uh, Tyrese Maxey had a nice year, though. Tobias Harris was a little bit inconsistent. And obviously everything with James Harden going on, I think giving him a, a top-notch shooter like this will be really helpful to that team and help guys kind of worry more about their uh, designated role than having to be able to flip positions. Yeah, I can't say I've heard of the Mega Mozart, but I'm rocking with the pink unit they've got for their home jerseys. They've got in the, the picture they've got for him, for, for Nicola. He's got the pink uni. I'm rocking with it. I think that's great. Maybe incorporate a pink uni into the NBA potentially if he comes over. Just saying. I think it'd be great. But got two bucks here at 24. Uh, the first pick is their own pick. Going to go – this was actually a pretty easy pick when I looked at the board and looked at the roster. I'm going to go with Walker Kessler here. Um Probably the best defensive big man in the draft. He was, I believe he was the Naismith uh, Defensive Player of the Year in college basketball this past year. Um, deserving of the award as well. Played great defense there in at, uh, at Auburn. I just think that, I mean, you look at that Bucks roster, Brooke Lopez did not play at all in the postseason this year. And getting a dominant force defensively and kind of in the paint, um, like Walker Kessler, he just makes that defensive juggernaut even better with Holiday, Giannis, and now Walker Kessler. And, Again, you just keep getting better on the defensive end. I think you're 
if you're if you're the Bucks, you feel good that you know maybe if Chris Middleton was healthy, they could be in the finals looking for a two peat right now. So um, I think you get better in the front court and, and you keep rolling for the Bucks. Yeah, I think that's a really good pick for the Bucks there. Um, just gives them a much needed piece at the center position. Spurs up with their third and final pick of the first round here. Uh, they don't pick again until 38. But we're at 25 here. They got the pick from the Celtics in the Derek White trade. Now I'm going to go with the guard. Uh, Spurs are always bound to draft a guard in the first round, and with three picks, they're definitely going to take one. I haven't taken one yet, so I'm going to give them one here. Uh, shooting guard Blake Wesley out of Notre Dame. He averaged 14 and a half this year for the Fighting Irish, but I think he'll he'll be able to come in. You know, the Spurs have a loaded backcourt right now in terms of depth. And I think he'll be able to kind of fill that Lonnie Walker role as Trey Jones and Josh Primo kind of work up the ranks towards some playing time. But, you know, Wesley obviously come in, not probably not play too much uh, rookie year. But, I mean, he's a really solid guy. He's a plus rebounder for being a guard. Uh, I think he had 11 and 8 against Texas Tech in the game that they were eliminated in the uh, March Madness. So I like him here, and I like the fit. Being a 6'5 guard is never a bad thing at the next level. Yeah, no, definitely. I think, like you said, Spurs are going to take a guard. I think we talked about it at length so far in this mock. Guard depth is huge. Um, Got to have guards. You know, one one injury in, in your backcourt or in, in, in your – look at the Nuggets. I mean, one injury to them to their backcourt, and they were in shambles. So, um, guard depth is huge. I'm going to go 26 here with the Dallas Mavericks. I'm going to get kind of, kind of an off-the-wall pick, maybe a hot take from the Colts seat potentially if you're a really big NBA draft person. Um, I'm going to go with Jalen Williams – uh, center power forward out of Arkansas averaged almost 10, almost a double double with 10.9 points a game and 9.8 rebounds a game for them. Um, really high athletic upside. Dallas has to get a center, a guy who can play the, the kind of the four five role that can do something a little more than what they've had out of that spot. So, um, like I said, this is an upside pick for them. You feel like they've got to take a swing here. Um, if they miss, they miss it. The 26 overall pick, they'll get over it. Um, they're going to make a free agent signing, but I feel like they got to take a swing here uh, with a high upset guy like Williams. Yeah, I agree. Their needs are in the front court, and they got to get Luca solid wingman. And I think they do here. Um, maybe, I mean, he provides that scoring versatility that you want, but he's also a good rebounder. Um, the 27th here is we kind of have four picks left. Miami Heat are on the board with their own pick. And I'm going to give him a guy to put with Bam Adebayo, which will be really helpful. I mean, their power forwards, they don't have anyone really. Markeith Morris is kind of done. Uh, Udonis Haslam is about 55 years old. So it's going to look good for the Heat if they take Christian Coloco, the power forward out of Arizona. A really, really strong performer this past year for the Wildcats. 13-7 uh, and seven is really solid on a team that had two other first-round picks as well, most likely. So I think his game translates to the next level well, 6'10", 230. He's 21 years old, so he did have that experience in college, and I think it'll be really helpful playing on an experienced roster with the Heat as well. Yeah, for sure. You have plenty of guy who, you know, you can put up 13 points a game on that Arizona team. You're, you're probably a pretty good scorer considering the two guys that went ahead of him in this first-round mock. So um, definitely saw get there for the Heat. Going 28 with the Golden State Warriors, I'm going to go – uh, with a point guard shooting guard, Jalen Williams out of Santa Clara, a guy who averaged 22 a game at Santa Clara this past year. Um, walking bucket, had a great year. Um, off the rip, it kind of seems like the Golden State maybe not need a guard with with Steph, Jordan Poole, Clay, and Gary Payton Jr. on the roster. But Gary Payton Jr. may not be on the team next year. I believe he's a free agent after this season. Um, and Andrew Wiggins, 
also a free agent, I believe. So um, guys who may not be back with the team that provided a lot to the roster in terms of scoring, um, you know, they've, they've got plenty of big men in the wings. They've got James Wiseman who's going to be in a deal with an injury. They've got Jonathan Kaminga to run the three, four spots. So um, they're not necessarily in need of a, a big guy. So I'm going to go with a backup point guard here. Um, guys going to come off the bench, provide some scoring off the bench when Steph and Clay are on, on the, aren't on the floor. So, Again, you average 22 points a game in college for a reason. You're not you're not a scrub. So, um, you know, just because he played at Santa Clara doesn't mean he's not a bucket. Um, you know, there's plenty of guys that average a lot of points uh, in, the NBA, in college. It translates to the NBA. So I'm going to go with Jalen Williams here for them. Yeah, I like it. I think that'll fit really well as they kind of maybe think about their backcourt for the long-term future. Um, obviously, it's pretty well set right now, but – They've done well acquiring guys, whether it be trade or free agency. So I think getting a good rookie here, but with Kaminga, uh, that those young guys will be looking good in you know five, ten years down the road, hopefully, for the Warriors. Uh, last two picks of the first round, my last one of the mock draft. The Memphis Grizzlies are on the clock. A really, really strong season from them. We had them taking Marjon Beach at 22. They got a pick here and a pick at 47. And I'm going to give him Kendall Brown, the small forward out of Baylor, you know, 6'8", really, really strong, um, incredible athlete for them. He was a really big riser this offseason. I think his game will translate to the next level, 6'8", 205, only 19 years old. I think it'll take time, but I think when he does get there, I think he's going to be a really solid performer for the Grizzlies. Uh, Desmond Bain, Derek Brooks, or Dylan Brooks are not bad. Obviously, you have John Morant locking down the point guard spot. But, you know, the two and three, you could shift a lot of guys around. So Kendall could definitely find a role on that Grizzlies roster. Yeah, no doubt. Um, kind of round it out here with the – this is the Denver Nuggets. It was Oklahoma City that got traded today uh, to the Denver Nuggets. Um, you know, it could go in a lot of different ways here. Denver could use a scoring option off the bench. Um, and I think Wendell Moore is that kind of guy. You know, average 13-4 at Duke with on a team with – Mark Williams and, uh, and Paolo Bancaro. So when you can average that many points a game, uh, you're, like I said, you're probably a pretty solid shooter. Um, definitely a guy who can stripe it from three. Um, just a consistent player. Again, A.J. Griffin, also a first-rounder from Duke this year. So, um, you know, Wendell Moore, I think this is an upside pick for, for Denver. Um, not necessarily a guy that's a project, but not necessarily a guy that's, that you're looking at is coming in from day one that's going to contribute and score 13 a game. But definitely a guy who can get to a point where he could be he could be scoring, you know, 18 a game, be a huge contributor off the bench, a really good three-point shooter as well. So but that's going to round out the first edition of the NBA Mock Draft Monday on the pod. Um, got all 30 picks done. Again, Brett and I are not master NBA draft prospect guys by any means, uh, I guess, like I've been saying. Uh, NFL mock drafts, more of our bread and butter, but nevertheless, we're trying to get this content out for you guys. Uh, enjoy doing this. We definitely watched a little more college basketball. I think either of us have uh, in our life the past two years being, being at Texas tech now. Um, so we definitely know a bunch of these guys, names, um, seen them play. Saw Kendall Brown play. Saw Wendell, Wendell Moore junior play last two picks. So um, not like we're just shoot throwing darts at a dartboard. We kind of know at least a little bit what we're talking about. So, but definitely going to give another one of the another one of these to you guys next week after doing a little more research, maybe flip the odds and evens. I don't know yet. Uh, we'll look at it. But um, that's about it. Anything else you got for us, Brett? Yeah, I was going to say um, that was fun to do, kind of mixing it up, not looking at too many mocks before doing that. It's kind of just um, 
like a straight up just doing our own mock. Um, we had, I think we both used the ESPN board in terms of yeah. kind of um, what we were going with. I think we had four Duke guys, a couple Kentucky, couple Arizona, couple Baylor. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's going to be real interesting here in 10 days to see how it all goes down, but we'll be looking forward to it. We'll be watching it and we might do a recap FYI. Um, we'll be, we'll be releasing the episode on Thursday and then later that night we'll have the NBA draft. So stay tuned, follow us at quality podcast on Twitter and Instagram, and we will see y'all on Thursday. See you guys later.